Welcome. This is the Ag Engineering Podcast, where we talk tools, tips, and techniques to improve the sustainability of your farm. I am your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is supported by Northeast SARE, providing grants and education to advance innovation in sustainable agriculture. We're trying to improve the industry by chatting with farmers and getting their input on tools, tips, or techniques that have changed the way they farm for good. Many of these practices affect multiple areas of the farm. Whether it be environmentally, emotionally, physically, or financially, we share the knowledge to promote sustainable agriculture, lifestyle, and business. Thanks for having a listen. Now, let's get started. Today's episode comes to you from Thorndike, Maine, where we interview Phoenix O'Brien of Hallbrook Farm. It's his fourth season on this farm, but he's been in agriculture the last seven. He's growing in the zone 5B and on about 10 acres, 100% wholesale to supermarkets and grocery stores. Uh, Their farm is bringing in approximately $225,000 in gross sales. Phoenix, welcome to the show. Hello. So if you could describe your farm a little bit in one sentence, what would you say? Uh, We are a small-scale vegetable farm growing produce to sell to supermarkets and small grocery stores. Today we wanted to talk about Perfecta cultivation. So if you could tell me a little bit bit about it, uh, what is the Perfecta cultivator? Uh, Yeah, the Perfecta harrow, it's... um, it's just a S-fine field cultivator with a rolling basket behind it. Um, I don't know how long they've made them, forever, I guess. But, um, yeah, they're fairly affordable, especially used, and they're, they're around. They do a nice job. Um, you know, a lot of guys doing corn and other stuff, beans, will, you know, that's their fi- can be their final pass. Um, we make great raised beds now for our direct-seeded crops, but... Um, we used to, that used to just be our final pass for um, beets and carrots. You know, I think it depends a lot on your ground for sure, but um, we've got fairly sandy silt loams here, so it, you know, if you Breaks go fast enough, it may, they make a nice seed bed. Is this a tool you can go pretty quick with? Yeah, it seems like the faster the better. Um, you know, we pull a 10-footer with a 70-horse, 75-horse tractor, four-wheel drive. I can go, like, six miles an hour. Nice. Um, at 10 feet wide. You know, it seems like the faster you go. It seems, seems like the faster, the better. Do you have to go um, over the field more than once, or is one pass good? Uh, it certainly depends on what you're trying to do. Um, you know, when I'm bare, just bare-fouling a piece, trying to flush weeds out, I'll just go over it once if I'm prepping to shape beds or when I was direct seeding into it we I would go over it two three times okay um, you know it, and it, again it just depends like I mean we've got some spots in our farm where there's some clay in the corners of a field we'll I'll run run through it until I think it looks good enough yeah um, good and fluffy is this your first yeah. tool on the field come spring uh no no it's um depending on what we got for ground what we have on that ground we'll either moldboard plow it or I have um seems like everybody calls them something different I've got I call it a stiff shank field cultivator um 
you know, got kind of a rugged shank that goes six to eight inches down. We'll we'll run that and then that or plow, depending on what's what's on there. Uh, and then disc arrow, and then this is more of more of a finishing path. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, because it, it does a nice job leveling too. You know, really smooths the field up. But you know, it's just like just a field cultivator essentially. So it's just really just a set of times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What is your experience like? What you used before getting the Perfecta? Uh, before we were using that, I had a cultimulcher. Um, we were more farming with horses, which is essentially also just a Perfecta harrow, just a different setup that had two sets of rolling baskets on it, one up front and one behind with times in the middle. And that actually did a really nice job. You obviously couldn't go six miles an hour, but, um, you know, I think there's configurations like that. Before that, we were, I was using you know, we were doing a million steps to get a piece of ground ready. I was plow, disc, spring tooth, spike tooth, and then cultipacking a field. You know, so that kind of field cultivator with the rolling basket type tool, you know, that eliminated at least two steps, if not more. <laughs> um, you know, we were doing it the, the old-fashioned way, the hard way with, you know, bunch of tools, bunch of passes over the field. So it's a big time saver. Oh, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, it's a huge time saver. Um, you know, I mean, we were, we were getting a nice seed bed with using all those tools, but this definitely eliminated the need to make so many trips across the field. Are there any modifications you've done to it, or does it, is it working right for you basically right out of the box? Uh, yeah, as we bought it, it's worked fine. I I know the fella I used to work for, um, believe or some somebody saw they you know they put they actually put row markers on the back of it because they were seeding right into it. Mm. Um, behind it, you know, they had just either bolted some heavy pieces of iron or even C clamps or something like people do on the back of rototillers. Um, yeah, just to make a scratch. Yeah, just to make a scratch that you could follow and run your cedar in. What's one of these cost for a 10-foot unit? Uh, we bought ours used, and it was 20, and it wasn't in, like, great, great shape. It's not <laughs> terrible, but, um, you know, it's not brand new. Um, we gave $2,500 for it. It's um, not too bad. No, no, definitely not. I think there's... <clears throat> You know, I think you can find better deals. I think you can pay more. I don't know what they're, they are new. I think new, they're like 45 to 500. I'm sorry, 4,500 to 5,000. Yeah. Um, new, that's, I think that was more of a 12 foot I was pricing out. But. Does it require much maintenance or has it been holding up pretty good? Uh, yeah, not a whole lot. I mean, I ours was, I think it had been run sandy soil or something. That, um, there's a setup. They call it a buster bar, but just a set of heavy-duty spike teeth behind, between the S times, but forward the rolling basket. You know, those were wore right out. Um, but you know, I think it covered a lot of acres before it came to me. Yeah. Um, but no, for the most part, you know, there's 
steel bearings on it, and it's just a steel frame. Um, I have noticed it, and I have seen it on other others who have the same piece of equipment, um, where the three-point hitch lifts up just because it's so wide and comes back. You know, it bounces a lot. I've, ours has been, had been welded on. I guess they crack right there where the three-point hitch arms hook on. Yeah. Um, just small cracks, but it seems like a common thing I've noticed on a few of them. Are there any nuanced techniques to using this tool, or can you just drop it down and hit it at six miles an hour? Yeah, kind of just, just drop it down and open it up. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you get get your depth right where, where you want it for whatever you're doing, but yeah, not uh, not much to it. Oh, that's always nice. Yeah, yeah, kind of a giddy-up-and-go sort of thing. Is there anything that you think could be approved upon? I mean, not really, not like, you know, I, I guess I always prefer trailered equipment, you know, just something with a set of lift wheels, or I don't really, and yeah. rather than being on the three-point, um, but that would be costly to do, you know, rather than just using the three points, the quick and easy way to get the job done. Um, other than that, not no, I could nothing really. That's good. Is there anything else about this that we haven't mentioned yet? No, I think we covered that pretty well. Cool. Well, if others want to follow up with you and see what you're doing, how should they do that? Um, email is a good way to get in touch. Um, probably probably the best way and you're on social media too yeah we are on uh, instagram at hallbrook farm maine that would be another way to get in touch awesome well uh sounds good thanks for being on the show oh no problem thanks for listening to today's episode if you learned something today or plan to make a change on your farm let me know i'd love to receive any feedback you have Just click the link in the description to submit the form. It will help the future of this podcast to be a resource that is helpful for you. And while you're at it, I hope you go ahead and subscribe, share this with a friend, or leave a comment. And if you want more information, check out the show notes on our website at agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day. The proceeding has been a production of University of Vermont Extension. For more information on Extension, log on to www.uvm.edu extension.